This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Will Kane. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Greg Jarrett, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, December 8th, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. Artificial intelligence is being integrated in a number of things we do, from doctor visits to ordering food. And it's about to revolutionize the way we predict the weather, promising better forecasts more quickly. You can run it not only quickly, but you can run it on a really small desktop computer compared to the supercomputers we use today. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. And join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. It's always been easy to say the weatherman or weather woman gets to be wrong and not lose their job, but forecasting has grown into a more exact science over the years with better technology like satellite driven data. But now artificial intelligence has the capability to make that grow even further and in the not-so-distant future. Well, there are multiple parts to that. First of all, let me say that the forecasts in my time have improved dramatically. Brian Norcross has been one of the nation's foremost hurricane specialists. His work ever since Florida's Hurricane Andrew helped improve the science. He's now one of ours as a Fox weather contributor. He talks to us about how artificial intelligence is about to make meteorology better than ever as part of our week-long look at the rise of AI. Mostly because of the capacity of the computers running the forecast models, the the equations that are trying to simulate the atmosphere. A forecast model is really a simulation. And so embedded in that simulation are uh, approximations. And as we get more robust computers, supercomputers to uh, run these simulations, we use fewer approximations uh, or approximations that are less approximate to the actual functioning of the atmosphere. So over time, uh, especially in terms of long-term forecasts. When I say long-term, I'm not meaning that in a technical sense, but uh, a four or five-day, six, seven-day forecast is much better now than it was when I started uh, in meteorology in uh, 1979, where we actually did a pretty good job with the next day, but after that, things got very, very fuzzy. And right. and the you know hurricane forecasts back at that time were only uh, two to three days and, and nobody really believed the uh, third day forecast. Right. So even that's even going back to Hurricane Andrew in 1992, uh, there were it was a three day forecast, but nobody really believed that. So even though the three day forecast was aimed at central Florida, uh, when I was in Miami doing forecasts for South Florida, it really raised an alarm in me because I knew that that the sort of cone of uncertainty, which uh, I had just introduced, as a matter of fact, right. with Hurricane Andrew, uh, 
you know, included South Florida, but it, it also included Central Florida. And conceivably, the storm could have gone to North Carolina. The errors were uh, so great at that time. So we've seen this uh, tremendous improvement uh, fundamentally related to the uh, computer processing power that we have today. So now along comes AI in the immediate term. There's really not much of a contribution or really no contribution to our making better forecasts immediately. But things are moving so fast. I mean, this when we talk about this, really, we hadn't even thought about it much, or most of us hadn't thought about it much months ago, right. <laughs> let alone years ago, right? So uh, the promise of, of AI is great, but it's going to take a little work because it's not just making a forecast. It, it, it makes quite good forecasts now, uh, but the main thing is it makes them really quickly. So a forecast that now takes multiple hours to run. So the the data comes in, let's say, nominally 8 o'clock Eastern time in the morning, and the American model spits out a, a forecast for, in the case of the American model, beyond 10 days, but let's just talk about 10 days. Right. Uh, in the early afternoon, between noon and 1 o'clock, so there's a four- to five-hour delay uh, in that model running, the European model takes a little longer to run and, and takes until the middle of the afternoon. But uh, the AI version of these things will run in, uh, oh, half an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. So <laughs> so it's it's a tremendously more efficient system for forecasting that yields a result that is approximately as good uh, at this point uh, on average, although, as we all know, um, AI has a, this tendency to hallucinate and exactly and come up with some random solution occasionally or a random answer occasionally, how that's going to play into our confidence in AI it kind of remains to be seen. So it sounds like there are a fair number of unknowns here when it comes to applying this technology. So what kind of potential does AI have for the world of weather forecasting? The big promise of AI is in what's called ensemble forecasting. So we run ensembles now. So the European model, which is the premier model in the world on average, uh, they run 50 versions of the model. So what they do is they they first acknowledge that that you can't forecast if you don't know what the world is like uh, when you start, right? Right, okay. If you don't know what it is now, you can't predict the future accurately. So they just admit the fact that we can't know exactly what it's like. So we say, okay, we have all these observations, and we're going to process them uh, really intensely to come up with our best version of what the world is like as a starting point. And then we're going to... Uh, perturbate them a little bit. We're going to we're going to change the temperatures and pressures and in a strategic kind of way, admitting the fact that our readings might not be exactly right, but they're in this ballpark. Gotcha. So you build a ballpark around this sort of center of of uh, what you're going to assume to be the best version. And then you run the model on these various varieties of other possibilities, all reasonable possibilities for a starting point. And then you see how much spread there is in the solution. So uh, sometimes there's not much spread. And then when there's not much spread, you go, okay, even if we're off a little bit in the beginning, we have a good idea what, what it's going to be five days from now. So, 
But if there's a big spread, then we know that the uh, the system, the, the situation in the atmosphere is very sensitive to little differences uh, in the current state. So we have much less confidence in the forecast five, six, seven, 10 days in advance. So with AI, maybe we can run a thousand of these simulations with this slight perturbation and really get an accurate understanding of the uh, likelihood of some extreme thing happening, whether it's a hurricane or something else, uh, uh, or the distribution of possibilities, and, and have that really be accurate. When we only run 50, we know that sometimes we, we make the good guesses on what the distribution of starting points should be, uh, but we're only doing 50. Maybe we do 1,000. Maybe we can do 10,000 because... Uh, running the model is so cheap. You can run it not only quickly, but you can run it on a really small desktop computer compared to the supercomputers we use today. So uh, I think that's the promise is that uh, because there will always be uncertainty in the starting point of the model, uh, having this distribution of an accurate distribution that helps you understand uh, the forecasts uh, in advance, and then you can set thresholds. So, for yeah. example, maybe an emergency manager says, okay, if there's a 20% chance of a 100-mile-an-hour hurricane in my city, I have to take X, Y, and Z action. Well, this uh, kind of having this sort of distribution c- can, and that we have confidence in, uh, you know, would lead us to that kind right. of thinking of having uh, hard thresholds for taking particular kinds of actions. So how do we get from from there to, to here or from here to there? I guess is the, the right way to ask it. Uh, you know, at, at what point does the um, everything from the National Weather Service to, to private meteorology to Fox Weather begin to uh, either integrate these types of systems using AI? And as you said, it's it's so inexpensive. It's it, that means it's more accessible to more people. Um, you know, when when does that happen or how does that happen? What's the you know, as you said, you have to gain confidence in, in these systems as a as a meteorologist, as a professional. So how how do we get from from now to then? Well, I think there are two parts to that. One is just using an AI model to forecast the weather um, in the, you know, one to 10 day time frame is right around the corner because yeah. uh, it's been demonstrated now that that their forecasts are quite good. Now, uh, remember, I talked about there are two parts to making a weather forecast right. by a computer. One is you have to take all these observations from all over the world and from aircraft and from satellites and everything and put them all together. And that's called the initialization process. And one of the reasons, and probably the biggest reason, that the European uh, model, the one that run, is run by the European Center in uh, near London, is that they spend a lot of resources, a lot of computer resources to do that. Now, all of the AI models that are being run, including the, the Google one, NVIDIA has one, uh, there's a, a Chinese one, and uh, and the European Center is actually just starting to run one they all use the european center's initialization uh, and which has done the old-fashioned way with you know real computers doing all this right processing and then they take that initialized data which they spread around the earth and then then run the 
the um, AAM models on it and and have had fantastic success. So in the short term, I think what we're going to see is just output from those models, and it's going to be another resource that we're going to look at as we kind of internally in our minds and and through various kinds of averaging schemes use a variety of models to come up with what we think is the best uh, estimate of what the future of the atmosphere is going to be and uh, that's a different kind of averaging than right. uh, than running the same model over and over again we we also call that an ensemble confusingly by the way uh, or a consensus model consensus models which is which average a variety of other different forecasts are always the most accurate. We're speaking with Fox Weather's Brian Norcross on how artificial intelligence is about to make meteorology that much better and that much quicker as we take our week-long look at the rise of AI on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. We'll have more straight ahead. All right, so this all sounds great, but how far away is this from actually, you know, being applied? How soon could we see AI really integrating into weather forecasting models like you're describing? So that's going to happen in in relatively short order. There are already private companies that are running various AI models that they use, and and I I think we'll probably see it at Fox Weather and and uh, in other sorts of public venues and output of various models we can already see them online the uh, european center ecmwf.int i think it is but in any case the european center as website already displays them just wow. so people can compare the various things but more or less in a sort of a scientific evaluation kind of spirit all right but then then what's coming though is this understanding of how to use this this instant modeling capability to create these you know uh, hundreds or thousands of versions of every run of the model right. to try and get an understanding of this uncertainty uh, aspect of of a given forecast situation and that's you know heavily being researched uh, the rate things are moving, you know, <laughs> I think we'll probably know something next year uh, or you know or it could be next month, you know, but it's anyway, it's uh, it's under extreme scrutiny and at an academic level and at a professional level and uh, various levels within meteorological science right. to determine how to do that. Because you can't just, you know, you figure it out and you go, OK, this seems to work, but you don't really know until you test it over some extended period of time in various weather scenarios and and so forth. And and they do go back, by the way, and, and kind of retrospectively use data from years ago um up to about 40 years ago to to test and see how the model responds to uh, putting in data that happened in 1992 to see how it would forecast that situation although it's not great because we don't have great data from from back, back then, then like yeah. like we, like do, we today. do now all right brian norcross our fox weather hurricane specialist thank you so much for being with us on the fox news rundown evening edition Thanks, Evan. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.
It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.